0: A key word here in 1 Corinthians 2 and 4 is persuasive. When it comes to being persuasive or persuading someone, it first means to urge strongly. Has actually the literal meaning, to urge strongly. And there are people that are gifted in urging you to do certain things. Yeah, gifted in it. You ever been persuaded to to sign something... uh, that two hours later, you hate your sign. But the person was so persuasive to where you put your name on the dotted line. To persuade is to compel or to push to do something, but based upon the text, is being pushed or compelled to do something that you shouldn't do. Notice Paul did not want the church to be persuaded by the wisdom of people. Because people can use their intelligence to cause you to think, say, and do things that you should I said, people can be so persuasive, they can cause you to think, say, and do things you shouldn't. And probably every one of us is guilty. Every one of us at one time or another has probably been convinced to do something that we had no business doing. Am I talking about you? You have been pushed to the point to where you believe something Even though there was no real evidence. No real truth. When it came to you doing it. Just simply because the person was so gifted with words. You listen. And you agree to it. And that's a mistake. Especially in our day and time. Because because folk. Uh, who are hungry for power, money, and so forth, look for simpletons. A simpleton is a person that is not that intelligent. A person that is not knowledgeable about certain things. And, And if a person feels like you are a simpleton Uh or a simple minded person Uh he or she will try to get over on you in the worst way and you have such people in the pulpit in the medical field just about every profession, you going to have people that, that are persuasive and, and they going to look for pushovers. They're going to look for somebody that they can get over on. Like it or not, they, they're going to look for somebody. It, it's just like I, I've seen people, uh, a doctor will use big words and people will just be nodding their head as if to say, I understand everything that you're saying and don't have a clue to the meaning of of most of the words that the doctor was uttering. And even though it was a doctor, you, you have to understand something. A doctor, a doctor's in our day and time, because of how competitive the medical field is, would try to persuade you to allow them to do a particular procedure versus letting somebody else do it. Now, some are even to the point to where they, they know that, look, they probably should try this first, but because of what's going on with me, I'm going to try to convince them to just go ahead and do such and such. You say, Pastor, that ain't true, is it? Yes, it is. And sadly, you have folks find that out the hard way. Some to the point to where they didn't live to tell it. And like I say, it's not limited to the medical field. You have people even in the pulpit that will try to use persuasive words in order to get over on people. That's the reason in our day and time, it is essential for us to possess knowledge and understanding. It is so essential that even when we hear something that we truly don't understand, instead of agreeing with it, just go do a little research and then... Make your decision based upon your findings. But don't ever just agree to something just to agree to it. Because there are people that will persuade you to do something and before you know it, you, you have signed either all of your life away or part of your life away. You wanted the car so bad and they persuade, this is, this looks just like you. Sit in it. Oh, put your arms on the, on the steering wheel. That is so you right, that, oh, this car was made for you. No, that car was made for whoever has the money to get it. But a person can persuade you that, that that thing was made just for you. And before you know it, you, you done signed the dotted line and you're paying 18% interest. And you're so caught up until two months later when you start having problems with the car, you finally realize that not only did you pay too much, but the man used you For his benefit. It is showing sure up quiet in here. <laughs> Say to your neighbor, we have, we have to learn, have to learn. And, not and not allow people to take us to the cleaners. Yes, sir, cleaners. Am I talking right? Yes. And we talk about folks whether in the church Outside the church. Because you even have brothers and sisters that would try to get over on you. No, I'm serious. I had one person, I'll never forget this this person said, You have what I need. I said, I Do? Yeah, you have what I need. And I'm thinking he was talking about the word. I said, Oh, he's hungry and thirsty for the word. <laughs> Thank God he came to church so he can get the word of God. But that was not what he was talking about. You know what he's talking about? Money. Money. See, you you have to be careful because people will try to say things to you. Just to try to get over. People will try to belittle you. Just for you to stay in a certain position in life. And Paul was specifically saying to the church of Corinth that they basically had to be careful when it came to people that were Persuasive in using human wisdom. During the time the church was dealing with Gnosticism, everything was based upon knowledge. Was not based upon revelation, was based upon knowledge. And there were those that would constantly try to convince the church that they should not live by faith, but live by number one, what we call common sense. Is anything wrong with living with common sense? Not when it comes to a fire. Don't put your hand in there because you'll get burnt. You want to use common sense? That's what you use common sense for. But as people of God, the Bible is clear. We are to live by faith. Let me just prove it real quick. Let's go to Romans, the first chapter. We ought we to live by faith. We, we cannot allow people that are wise in this world to convince us that living by faith is not the thing to do. Consider Romans, the first chapter. And I want to start at verse 16. Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, which is synonymous with faith. For the Jew first and also for the, for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Who live by faith? The just. That I means if you're Christian, you ought to live by faith. Common sense, a sense is good, but the just should live by faith. You should live by faith. And and when it comes to faith, the reason many people are against living by faith is because, first, faith is not based upon sight. I say faith is not based upon sight. 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter. Go there with me. 2 Corinthians 5. Consider verse 7. Paul said, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Now consider 2 Corinthians 4 and 18 the reason we don't walk by sight. 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Things that you see are temporary. Temporary. Everything you see right now is going to change. Some things that you're looking at right now are going to change in the next four or five hours. When you look at yourself in the mirror, what you see right now, and you probably, oh, Lord, I look so good. My hair is such and such and such. Guess what? That's going to change. The things that you see are temporary, and see that's the reason you you never get caught up in what you see because it's going to change. I used to be real fast. I was so fast to where I got MVP in track. Yeah, I was fast. But guess what? It all changed. I mean, it changed. Why? Huh? The things you see are temporary. That's the mean you can never get caught up in, in, in what you see. But then he says the things that you don't see are eternal. He is specifically talking about the things of God. We don't see God. No. We don't, we don't, we don't see God literally, but we experience God. We feel Him. We recognize what, what he does when when we, when we hear the wind or see the power of the wind, we understand that that's God at work. When we see the rain coming down from heaven, we understand that that's God at work. The things that we see are temporary. But when, but when you're not Christian, When you do not live by faith, you look at such as being foolish. When you tell somebody you're you're just hoping according to God's word and based upon your hope things are going to turn out well, they think you're crazy. Because they don't understand hope is a part of faith. Let me show you Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 chapter. And verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You hope for what you do not see. And when you hope for what you do not see, that's what you call faith. And again, some people think that that doing such is crazy. But if hoping for what you do not see is crazy, that means we wouldn't even have this building. This building happened by faith. If hoping in what you do not see is crazy, that means you should still be on drugs. Those of you who God deliver. If hoping in what you do not see is crazy, that means you will not be doing as well as you're doing right now. Because when you didn't have any hope based upon what you saw, you hoped in it way. And your hope is what calls you to receive what you have. But again, when you talk to somebody that does not understand faith, they would think what you're hoping for is crazy. It's in vain. But again, when you look at God's word, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Let's take it further. Let's go to uh, Romans, the 8th chapter. We know that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now look at the power of hope based upon your faith. Romans eight twenty four. For we are saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Verse 25. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. See, when you have faith and you hope, you hope even though you don't see it. But in doing so, you also recognize that you have to persevere. Because the whole time you're hoping for what you do not see, what you do see is going to be telling you what you're hoping for is in vain. Moreover, people that do not believe in faith will tell you what you're hoping for is in vain. I've told folks, I said, well, you know what? I I know that she has been given a, bi- a bad diagnosis. But we're just going to trust God. We've been praying. We're just going to trust and believe that God going to turn things around. And folk who don't believe in faith will say things like, well, you know, certain things you should, you should just accept. you should just accept certain things and, and then they'll even try to fix it, make it religious because because this could be the will of God. And that's true to a degree because the Bible tells us that it that is once appointed for a person to die and so forth. But when God has spoke to you in reference to your future about certain things that he's going to do. That means your, your appointment is not at hand. You're just going through something trying. <laughs> Matter of fact, when you consider Lazarus in Scripture, even though he died, because his purpose had not been fulfilled, God had to raise him. Lord, that's another subject. That's another subject right there. But I'm going to tell you something. It ain't over until God says it's over. I said it ain't over until God says it's over. Unless you don't keep the faith. You have to keep the faith. Because if you don't keep the faith, what I'm saying to you does not matter. I'm going to show you why. Consider Hebrews 11 chapter. Hebrews 11 chapter. And we're just going to look at one verse. Verse 6. Hebrews 11. Verse 6. Ready? But without faith it is impossible to please him or God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And to diligently seek him equates keeping the faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why is it impossible to please God without faith? Because God has ordained for his children to live by faith. And see, even when somebody is is trying to persuade you that what you're hoping for is not going to work, you're going to have to make a choice. Either believe what God promised you or what he said or believe the wisdom of man. And I'm going to tell you something. There are people that are so intelligent, if you are not careful they can convince you that God is not going to do what He promised. And I've seen it. I've seen it happen. In 30 years of of ministry, I I have seen people that were on the verge of receiving a miracle from God. But because some person convinced them that it was not going to happen, everything changed. Everything changed. And I'm going to be honest with you, That, that there, there have been times, especially early in ministry, to where I was trusting God for something, but because of time, because you know time will do something to you, if you allow it. Because of time, certain things were not unfolding the way I thought they should have been unfolding. I went along with what man said. And when all was said and done, I messed up. Can I tell you something? Experience is not the best teacher. No, it's not. I know you hear that, but it's not the best teacher. The best teacher is right here. God's Word. You want to know the absolute truth right here. Because when you trust in what a person is saying, and what the person is saying is in contrast to God's will, you're going to curse yourself. Let me prove it. Let's go to uh, Jeremiah, seventeen chapter. Jeremiah 17. And we're, we're just going to consider one verse. And I want you to look at the word and carefully here in Jeremiah 17. And don't y'all fake on me. Y'all go, go there. If you got your Bible, make sure you go there. I want you to see this. Okay. Jeremiah 17 and 5. Thus says who? Thus says who? And of course the prophet was, was speaking on God's behalf. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. Whose heart, notice, departs from who? Now now notice the picture. A person was trusting in God but departed because of a man. And some of us, that's part of our history. We trusted God until somebody persuaded us to do otherwise. Backsliders trust God until somebody else persuades them to do otherwise. But look at what the verse says when a person trusts man and departs from God. Look at what happens to the person. A curse. A curse. I think I need to read this again. Thus says the Lord, curse is a man who trusts in and makes flesh his, whose heart departs from the Lord. And the heart represents the choices. A person chooses to depart from what God has told him or her. How many have ever been guilty? And you experience the curse. It may or not have been a hard curse or a heavy curse, as I call it. But you experience a curse. Well, what is a curse, Pastor? What's so bad about a curse? A curse is the opposite of a blessing. A blessing is good. A curse is bad. A blessing is wonderful. A curse is anything but wonderful. So if God is telling me one thing, but you're trying to convince me to do something else, if I trust you, I'm asking for a curse to come upon my life. Based upon this verse. If I trust you, I'm asking for a curse to come upon my life. How many understand that? Very clear. So what's the alternative? I got to trust God. As smart as you are, I cannot listen to you. I have to trust God. I'll never forget um, years ago when we were when we were building the church. We're getting ready to build the church. We were waiting on the the mill to come to erect the church, and so the people that were that were going to bring the mill to the church. This is what they told us. They said, look, time we get there, we are looking for the money. Time we get there, not a day after we get there, not a week after we get there. Time we get there, we we need the money. I'll never forget this. And uh, I know Digging Oak, remember, y'all know how he is. But Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we didn't have it. We didn't have all the money. But this is what God spoke. He said, by the time they get here, everything you need, you're going to have it. And it was, um, I think it was about sixty or $70,000. I can't remember exactly. But I'm going to tell you something. Through a miracle between between Sunday, I think, and Tuesday. I think they bought it on a Tuesday. Between Sunday and Tuesday, God performed the miraculous. It wasn't us having no fundraiser. It wasn't any of that. It was just God performing the miraculous. And when they got here, they had $60,000. But you know what it was based upon? It was based upon faith. Now, hold on. We got in the church. We got in the church. And uh my office was back there where the sound room is at the time. I don't know if some of y'all might remember it. Some of you may not. But that's where it was, where the sound room is at. And the Lord, I, I rarely go in the deacon's office. They'll tell you that. But the Lord said, you need to go and tell tell the deacons that if they do such and such, uh, not only will I pay off this church, will this church be paid off in less than seven years. You remember that? In less than seven years. But every bill and you bill, whether it's on this property or in another city, it'll be paid for. You'll never owe anybody anything. Now, hold on, hold on. Now, at the time, um, we were we were taking out so much money a week just to pay for the bill. And this is the God of truth. I went back there and I told them. And uh, they didn't argue. They didn't debate. I just told them exactly what does says God. And we started doing exactly what he told us to do. And from that date, Less than three years, the church was completely paid for. But you understand why? Because of faith. Faith comes by. Hears. And hearing what? Word God. When we heard God. said. this is what God said. And listen to this. After that, because of faith, before this building up here was even built, the money was already in the bank. Before we purchased the church in Thomaston, Rome, Newton, the money was already in the bank. Before we built this back in the back, the money was already in the bank. And for 20-something years, debt free. Ain't that a blessing? But, but listen to this. But it was because of faith. But you know where all that stemmed from? Opposition. Because when, when we went to get the money for the bank, well, get the money to build the church, the bank said, look, there's no way we can help y'all. Say, so even if you come back 10 years from now, we might be able to help you. The church was paid for in less time than that. You hear me? We were getting ready to build other buildings in less time than that. The same bank that said it was no way, closed down. Y'all ought to give God a hand of praise. Same bank, close down. Faith is powerful. That's the reason Paul says here in the text, I don't want your faith to be in human wisdom. I don't want you to be persuaded to do anything just because a person is telling you it's the right thing to do based upon their logic, based upon their rationality. No, I want you to do it based upon my word. You have to trust in the power of God. Even when it does not look like it's going to turn out, remember, when it comes to faith, we don't walk by sight. We don't walk by sight. We're just walking based upon what God told us to do. Now now understand this. Faith does not mean that you're walking based upon what you believe. No. Faith has to be according to the word. Because you have some folks that's twisted when it comes to faith. Well, I'm just hoping that it's going to turn around. But you ain't got no basis. What you mean you just, well, you know, I don't walk by sight. I'm just hoping. That ain't God's faith. We're talking about the God kind of faith. We don't want you having no twisted faith. If you're going to wait on God, wait on Him based upon His word. If you're going to trust God for your healing, do it according to His word. If you're going to trust God to make you debt free, do it according to His word. But don't do it based upon twisted faith. Because there are some folks that would tell you, look, we're just going to sit here and just going to believe. And, and, and that is some type faith, but that ain't the God kind of faith. We live by faith that's based upon the word. Again, Romans 10 and 17, faith comes by Hear. and hearing the word of God. It has to be based upon God's word. Let me show you how powerful faith is as I close. I'm closing with this. Go with me to the book of Luke. The 18th chapter. The book of Luke, the 18th chapter. I'm closing with this. Last thing I want to show you is is why you, you don't need to be persuaded by men. Because in our day and time, that's what's happening in the church. People are more persuaded by what men say. Versus God's word. God should always have the last say. He should always have the last say. You should never nod your head in agreement to anybody. Even when it seemed like die astray has set in. Don't allow that to convince you that it's over. Luke the 18th chapter, verse 27. This is what Jesus said. The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. By a show of hands, I many have learned, learned that. Yeah. But see, don't limit it to just common people. Even when it comes to professional people. God as the final slave. Did you hear a uh, part of uh, Mr. Jackson's testimony? He had been turned down, but he knew God was saying now is the time. Now is the time. Now he... He really put emphasis on the man saying, uh, take care of him. Take care of Mr. Jackson. But when listening to his testimony, that ain't the emphasis I want to put on. The emphasis I want you to understand is what came out of his mouth. When, when the man told him, you know what happened last time. You know what his words were to that man? It's my time to possess a house. See, that's what got it right there. Once he said that, that man became just an instrument to be used to bring to fruition what God had ordained for him to have. You understand me? Death and or uh, in the power of the tongue. Understand this: if, if, if based upon what that man would have said, you remember what happened the last time. He could have just said, "Well, you know, it, I know this is just a waste of my time. I'll see you later." We never would have heard had the testimony about his house. He never would have got the five thousand. Why? Because when the man said something that basically was to persuade him to look back at his past instead of receiving what God had told him. Say to your neighbor, you can't let your past dictate to you what God has ordained for your present and your future. I don't care what happened in your past. That's going to stop what God has ordained for you in your present and in your future. I don't care how far down you were in your past. That's not going to stop what God is going to do for you in your present and in your future. And I'm, and I'm done. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.